Can you hear me? Alfred's. You there? I hope you can hear me. You are listening to Batman v Superman Road to Redemption. Written by Ian Miller. There was a time above, a time before. There were perfect things, diamond absolutes. But things fall, things on earth. And what falls is fallen. dream, they took me to the light, the beautiful lie. After my parents' deaths, I dedicated my life to bringing justice to Gotham City. In order to do that, I became something else. Bruce Wayne was just the mask, a shell. Soon, criminals would come to fear my real face the face of the Batman. I made a few allies along the way. Alfred, always at my side. The Gotham Police Commissioner, James Gordon, and Dick Grayson, Robin. For a long time, Dick was the son I never had, and a partner on my war on crime. Then, Joker, he, because of him, Dick will never get to be what he was supposed to be. Maybe he could have had a life outside the cave. I'll never know. I was numb for a long time. Until that day in Metropolis. An alien from another world, who called himself Zod, came to Earth looking for someone he called Kal-El. Apparently this Kal-El had surrendered himself to Zod. However, something must have changed because I started seeing news reports of Zod's ship hovering above Metropolis. Without even thinking, I started heading for Metropolis and called one of my executives, Jack O'Dwyer, who at that moment was at the Wayne Financial Building in Metropolis. was able to reach him while I drove into the city and told him to evacuate the building. When I got to the Wayne building, though, it was too late. But the two Kryptonians crashed into the building and then... They looked like beams of red. They melted the building structure. And uh, the whole thing collapsed. While everyone ran away from the destruction, I ran into it. Managed to help a few people from the wreckage when I saw a metal beam about to hit this young girl. 
pushed her out of the way as the metal hit the pavement. The girl was all right, but she was clearly scared. I asked her where her mother was, and all she did was point at the wreckage, where Wayne Tower once stood. I already knew. That's when I heard a crash from above. As I hugged the little girl, all I saw was Zod and the Kryptonian fighting. The other Kryptonian was wearing a red cape. He brought this Zod here. He brought war to us. That was two years ago. The news reports called the Metropolis Invasion the Black Zero event. Because of what happened, crime in Gotham went up. But that was no surprise to me. Crime in Metropolis went down. Because everyone saw the Kryptonian as their hero. They called him Superman. They even built him a statue in Heroes Park. years, I watched his movements and studied everything I could about him. Then I heard through back channels about something called the White Portuguese. I originally believed it was a person. I told Alfred that it could be someone bringing a bomb into Gotham. His reply was to throw a newspaper article on the table in front of me. Hat brand of justice. Batman leaves victim in hospital. New rules? We're criminals, Alfred. We've always been criminals. Nothing's changed. Oh, yes it has, sir. Everything's changed. He showed the footage I found of Superman's fight with Zod. Then four from the sky. The gods hurl thunderbolts. Innocents fall. That's how it starts, sir. The fever. The rage. The feeling of powerlessness. It turns good men cruel. In the back of my mind, I knew he was right. I had changed. But I pushed that aside and focused on finding out more about the white Portuguese until I found a connection. Anatoly Kenyazev a Russian operator who worked in and out of the port of Gotham. Thanks to the latest Wayne Tech, I hacked into Kanyazov's cell phone and discovered two mentions of business with the white Portuguese. Through further investigation, he was transferring blackout data to the personal residence of the LexCorp CEO, Lex Luthor. It was time to pay a visit to Luthor, as Bruce Wayne was invited to a fundraiser he was having in his residence. I normally hate the Playboy act that I play, but it has its advantages. This fundraiser is supposed to be for the library of Metropolis, but it's just to feed into Luther's ego. 
philanthropist, bibliophile, true friend of the Library of Metropolis, Mr. Lex Luthor. Uh, Nikki, you're embarrassing me. Okay. Uh, speech. Speech. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, open bar? The end. Um, the word philanthropist comes from the Greek, meaning a lover of humanity. Uh, it was coined about I drowned out his years. voice and felt that someone was staring at me. I met the gaze of a woman. She was beautiful. She stared right at me, almost as if she was staring right through me. I hadn't felt something like that since Selena. But she directed her attention back to Luther. I forced myself to focus on why I was really at this fundraiser. All right, where am I going, Alfred? Approach the elevator. To your left. That's where it must be. It's in the service corridor in the basement. Go down the stairs. Thanks to Alfred, he led me to Luther's server room. I plugged my hacking drive to one of the servers and started downloading all of his private files. His assistant caught me, but I played it off as if I was looking for the bathroom. She smiled and told me the men's room was upstairs. I couldn't stay there, so I went back upstairs. I, uh, what was I saying? No. The bittersweet pain among men is having knowledge with no power because that is paradoxical. <laughs> and um, thank you for coming. Uh, please drink. drink. By the time I came back upstairs, Luther's speech ended. Then I saw her again. That woman. I was felt with an urge to talk to her. I started walking towards her when... Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne? Clark Kent. Daily Planet. Oh, my foundation has already issued a statement in support of the books. I'm sorry? Uh, sorry. Pretty girl. Please don't quote me, all right? What's your position on the Bat Vigilante in Gotham? Daily Planet. Wait, do I own this one? Or was that the other guy? Civil liberties have been trampled on in your city. Good people living in fear. Don't believe everything you hear, son. I've seen it, Mr. Wayne. He thinks he's above the law. The Daily Planet criticizing those who think they're above the law. A little hypocritical, wouldn't you say? Considering every time your hero saves a cat out of a tree, you write a puff piece editorial about an alien who, if he wanted to, could burn the whole place down. There wouldn't be anything we can do to stop him. Most of the world doesn't share your opinion, Mr. Wayne. Maybe it's the Gotham City and me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. There was an arrogance about this reporter. But before he could respond, Lex Luther interrupted us. Boys. Mm, Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. Huh, I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Hi, Lex. 
Mr. Luthor, hello. Hi, hello. I'm Lex. Uh, it is a pleasure. Ow! <laughs> wow, that is a good grip. Uh, you should not pick a fight with this person. So, Bruce, after all these years, we finally got you over to Metropolis. Well, I thought I'd come drink you dry. Well, you're welcome. You should hop the hub more often, though. I'd love to show you my labs. And maybe we could be partner on something. My R&D is up to all sorts of no good. His assistant interrupted the conversation and spoke to Lex. While I was wondering what he meant by his R&D was up to no good, Alfred spoke again in my earpiece. That's seven minutes. Looks like the transfer's complete. The reporter, Kent, gave me a curious look, as if he heard what Alfred said to me. Lex gave his apologies as he had to speak to the governor. I gave a farewell nod and began to head back downstairs to the server room. I had the impression that I was being followed, but ignored it. Luther's comment about his research and development seemed to confirm my suspicions about the white Portuguese connection, but the proof would be on the drive. When I got to the server room, the hacking device was gone. Who could have taken it? I looked around and saw that woman again. She saw me and started walking away. I followed her outside, just in time to see her get in her car and drive away. I was able to look at the license plate. And after hacking into the DMV, I learned that the car was registered to a Diana Prince, an antiques dealer. I checked in my high society circles and saw that there was an auction benefit a couple nights later at the Gotham Museum. As I suspected, she was there, looking at the sword of Alexander. It's a fake. The real one was sold in 98 on the black market. Now it hangs... Over the bed of the Sultan of Hajar. Excuse me. Excuse me, miss. The other night, you took something that doesn't belong to you. Stealing's not polite. Is it stealing if you steal from another thief? Who are you? Someone interested in the same man you are. Is that right? I believe Mr. Luther has a photo that belongs to me. Did you get it? As it happens, no, I didn't. The data you copied is military-grade encryption. You know... I bet nine out of ten men would let you get away with anything. But you're the tenth? No. I guess I am the first to see through that babe in the woods act. You don't know me, but I've known a few women like you. Oh, I don't think you've ever known a woman like me. You know, it's true what they say about little boys, born with no natural inclination to share. I didn't steal your drive, I borrowed it. You'll find it in the glove compartment of your car. Mr. Wayne. I went to the car, half expecting that it wouldn't be there. 
But to my surprise, the drive was there. This Diana Prince was definitely not Selena Kyle. When I returned to the cave, I connected the drive to the computer. It did indeed have a military-grade encryption. Even with the new decryption that I programmed, it would take time to download the data. remember when I fell asleep, but uh, I had this dream. It was the end of the world. I was looking for something, some rock. I'd sent men out to find it. When they returned, I climbed into the back of the truck and saw a box with the label X-Corp on it. I opened it, only to find green light bulbs. I'm sorry. Out of nowhere came these stormtroopers, with Superman's shield as shoulder patches. They cocked their weapons and swung the muzzles toward my men and I, ready to fire. I jumped off the back of the truck and started fighting the troopers. I fought them as long as I could, but they overpowered me. When I came to, I was in some kind of a bunker, chained to a chair. Next thing I knew, Superman was there. He walked towards me, ripped my mask off, and dropped it to the ground. Then he looked at me, his eyes glowing red. She was my world. And you took her from me. His eyes began to glow a brighter red. I knew what came next, and I braced myself. But then... I'm back in the cave and I see some sort of portal open in front of me. Inside the portal is a man, a man in a red suit with a lightning bolt. wake up and I'm back in the cave again. 
Was it a dream? It felt so real. I tried to figure out what I saw all meant. When I heard an alert on the computer, the program finished decrypting Luther's files. I gained access to the LexCorp program and started searching for the white Portuguese. It didn't take me long. I later told Alfred my findings while he was repairing the Batmobile's engine. The white Portuguese is not a man. It's a ship. Master Wayne, since the age of seven you have been to the art of deception as Mozart to the harpsichord, but you've never been too hot of lying to me. The white Portuguese isn't carrying a bomb. What is it carrying? It's a weapon. It's a rock. The mineral capable of weakening Kryptonian cells. The first sample big enough to mean something turned up in the Indian Ocean three months ago. It is now aboard the white Portuguese being delivered to Lex Luthor, who I'm going to steal it from. To keep it out of Luthor's hands, to destroy it. No. You're going to go to war with Superman. That Kryptonian brought the war to us two years ago. Alfred, count the dead. Thousands of people, what's next? Millions. He has the power to wipe out the entire human race. And if we believe there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. And we have to destroy him. But he is not our enemy. Not today. 20 years in Gotham, Alfred, we've seen what promises are worth. How many good guys are left? How many stay that way? I still remember the way he looked at me, disapproving, even ashamed of me. I don't blame him. Even I knew I was crossing lines I would never cross. But Alfred didn't see the threat, but I did. And I had to stop that threat at any cost. night at Gotham Harbor, I saw Kenyazev and his men take a large crate off of the white Portuguese ship and onto a LexCorp truck. Thinking ahead, I fired a homing beacon on the side of the truck and made my way down to the Batmobile. Hmm. It's funny. Dick always called the car the Batmobile. Something a kid would say. 
the truck started to pull out, one of Kainyazev's men spots me and orders the driver to go. And I followed. I chased the convoy for a while. truck makes a sharp turn. As soon as I make the turn, he's there. Superman. Right in front of me. I hit the brakes, but I still collided with him. The collision caused the Batmobile to crash into a nearby gas station. No serious damage. Then I heard a thud. All of a sudden, he rips of the roof panels of the Batmobile. Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. The Bat is dead. Bury it. Consider this mercy. Tell me, do you bleed? Without saying anything, he takes off and flies into the sky. back to the cave, I thought about my encounters with both Superman and Clark Kent. It became obvious to me that they were one and the same. It was also obvious that Kent now knew Bruce Wayne was Batman. I didn't care. This was war. When I got to the cave, I punched in the transponder signal for the homing beacon I put on the LexCorp truck. Searching for transponder signal. Found. LexCorp Research Park. As I suspected. I now knew where the meteorite was, and I figured I would pay a visit to LexCorp one of these nights. Soon. Next day I was at Wayne Enterprises, getting ready for a board of directors meeting, when a news flash came up on the TV. The broadcast was covering a Senate hearing about Superman, and the government's view on him. The news camera turned and 
and the reporter was about to question one of the witnesses. I recognized him. It was Wallace Keefe, one of my former employees and a man I saved from the wreckage during Zod and Superman's battle two years prior. Mr. Keefe. Mr. Keefe. Soledad O'Brien. In the moment. Quick question for you. You're heading in to meet with the senators. What would you tell them? Um, I've come here to tell them to wake up. Uh, he's delivered a war here. And because of him, I have nothing. There are plenty of people, sir. Who would say that Superman's their hero? He is not a hero. Like I said, he has brought war here. As Wallace went on about how Superman was not a hero, something was bothering me. He said he had nothing. But Wayne Enterprises had been sending him money. I had made sure of that. I had my assistant send Greg, an associate of the Wayne Foundation, to come up and see me. When I asked him why Wallace wasn't receiving our checks from the Victims Fund, Greg told me that he was indeed receiving the checks, but was sending them back. He handed me a pile of the returns checks, with words written on top of them in red ink. One read, Bruce Wayne, open your eyes. Another, Bruce Wayne, I want you. Bruce Wayne equals blind. It went on like that for the next couple checks. I turned my attention back to the TV. And there he is. Superman is here. He's actually at the United States Capitol. This is really a historic moment. We expect that Superman would give some kind of a statement to the Senate, to the American people, and of course to the world. I was so distracted by the news report that I wasn't fully aware that Greg handed me another envelope from Wallace. I don't take my eyes off the screen as Superman entered the Senate. I don't hear what Senator Finch is saying to him. I just look at him. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, the footage in the Senate was cut abruptly, then replaced with footage outside the Senate as a section of the building exploded. It was as if it happened in slow motion. Unsure of what to do, I opened the envelope. Inside was a newspaper with the headline, Wayne Tower Devastated, and at the bottom, in red ink, you let your family die. I knew what I had to do. Later that night, I broke into LexCorp and took the kryptonite.
The next few days were a bit of a blur. I started making weapons out of the kryptonite. I cut a portion of the green rock to a fine point to make a spear. I made gas bombs to render him powerless. And then I finished an experimental exoskeleton suit for myself. Shortly after, I began diving deeper into Luther's files on the drive I copied. I noticed a file that read, Metahuman, and opened it. Inside, there were four different icons. I picked one that read, WW. Inside were three files. The first, a picture of Diana Prince in Paris. The second was CCTV footage of her taking money from an ATM machine. Why was Luther tracking her? But it was the third file that stopped me cold. It was a black and white photograph of her in some sort of armor with a squad. The photograph was taken in Belgium in 1918. I sent an email to Diana, telling her I had the photograph she was looking for, along with Luther's other files. I didn't know why I did it at the time, really, but I had to move on. It was time. There was a section of the port of Gotham that was abandoned, away from city limits. Just me and him. I hid the kryptonite spear out of sight and stabbed it into the ground. The exoskeleton suit was much heavier than I anticipated, but I believed it would give me a chance against the so-called Man of Steel. Checked my utility belt one more time. Nothing was missing from the last time I checked it, which was ten minutes before. Gas bombs and a grapple gun, grenade launcher, and three kryptonite grenades. With these and the other two surprises, the odds would be even. I went up to a roof of one of the abandoned buildings, where the bat signal waited. I turned it on and waited. 
I didn't have long to wait. Because suddenly, there he was. Well, here I am. Bruce, please. I was wrong. He was emotional. Something was off. He wasn't focused as he walked towards me. Just how unfocused I would soon discover. You have to listen to me. Lex wants us to. He stepped on a pressure trigger and activated a high frequency sound, blistering his hearing. That's surprise number one. It's through the pain. He grabbed a manhole cover from the ground and threw it at the source of the sound. Fast recovery. Still unfocused, he continued towards me until we were face to face. You don't understand. There's no time. I understand. With sudden speed, he pushed me with just one hand and sent me flying. I landed on the ground, hard. I slowly got to my feet and felt my chest. Nothing was broken. But I didn't have time to think about it because he started walking towards me again. Second surprise. He stepped on another pressure trigger, activating the Gatling guns. A bullet started bouncing off of him until he flew above and destroyed the guns with his heat vision. Without warning, he flew us up to the roof of the building where the bat signal was and then tossed me into the signal. I landed on the roof's ledge. No broken bones. Yet, he walked slowly towards. Stay down. If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. I knew it was now or never. I pulled one of my smoke grenades, unpinned it, and threw it in his direction. He flew through the smoke, but I was ready. I pointed the grenade launcher and pulled the trigger. He caught the grenade with no problem until it exploded. The gas worked as he fell to his knees, gasping for air and in pain. tried throwing a punch at me, but I blocked. Men are brave. He tried to hit me again, but I headbutted him. Then I delivered a whirlwind of hits.
before he could counter, I delivered a kick that sent him backward onto the roof glass ceiling. With the weight of the exosuit, I jumped onto the Kryptonian and we crashed into the building, hitting the concrete far below. I kept fighting him. Suddenly, he grabbed my leg as I tried another kick. Then threw me through the wall, sending me crashing into another wall. That's when it dawned on me. He was starting to regain his strength. I loaded the launcher with another kryptonite grenade when I saw him running towards me. I pointed the launcher at him and fired. Even though the gas hit him, he still managed to punch me. The punch sent me flying across the room, and I landed on the floor. Hard. The impact of the punch was so hard, it broke part of my helmet. When I get to my feet, I see him on the floor, feeling the effects of the gas still. I walked over to him and grabbed the new grappling hook and lassoed it around his leg. Then I started dragging him close to where I had the spear hidden. I bet your parents taught you that you mean something. That you're here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson. I stopped dragging him and turned to face him. They taught me the world only makes sense if you force it to. I pulled the spear from the ground and walked over to him. But the full exposure to the kryptonite was making him weaker. You were never a god. You were never even a man. I raised the spear, ready to strike. You're letting them kill Martha. What does that mean? Why did you say that name? Please, find him. Save Martha. All at once, it came back. The memory. My parents, Thomas, and Martha. Why did you say that name? Martha! Why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. It's his mother's name. 
It took me a full minute to register what she just said to me. He had a, a mother named Martha too. I looked down at Clark and the woman. This woman, who I recognized as Lois Lane, was protecting him. I stepped away from them. What would my own mother think of what I almost did? I was ready to cross a line. I swore I would never cross. Horrified at myself, I threw the spear far away from Clark's view. I walked over to Clark and reached out my hand. He took it and I began lifting him up from the ground. It was all Lex Luthor. He wanted your life for my mother's. She's losing time. The Kryptonian scout ship seems to be drawing power from Metropolis. It's gotta be Lex. They need you on that ship. I'll find her. My mother needs me. Wait. I'll make you a promise. Martha won't die tonight. Thank you, Bruce. I nodded, then turned and walked away as I pressed the locator button on my belt. I had the Batwing standing by, just in case. It locked into my location. I started taking off the exosuit which I wore over my regular suit and stored it away in a compartment. Then I climbed into the pilot seat and put on a spare cowl I had stored. The roof hatch closed and I hear the speaker system activate. Master Wayne. Alfred. Uh, I'm sorry for listening in, but I've tracked the Russian's phone to a warehouse near the port. You're locked onto it. I arrived at the warehouse. It was obvious that Martha had to be inside. I didn't have a moment to lose. You gotta take it, Alfred. All right. Commencing drone mode. Thermal imaging is showing me two dozen hostiles on the third floor. Why don't I drop you off on the second? I climbed out of the pilot's seat and jumped through the windows. Using the thermal imaging in my cowl, I saw they were right above me. I pulled out my grapple gun and fired upward. As I was being pulled up, I took out a small grenade and threw it into the ceiling above me. I came bursting upward from the floor. 
Five of them started running toward me. from my fight with Clark. But I wasn't. These guys had their limits. I didn't. Martha had to be in the next room. I broke through the wall and saw Kenyazev holding a gun over Martha. Stop! I'll do it! There are seven working defenses from this position. Three of them disarm with minimal contact. Three of them kill. Believe me, I'll do it. One of them hurts. I believe you. Mrs. Kent was unharmed and was very grateful that a friend of her son came to her rescue. I pulled out Kanyazev's cell phone from his pocket and hit redial. Lex Luthor answered the phone. Hello, break the bad news. I'd rather do the breaking in person. After I saw Mrs. Kent in the safe hands of Gotham PD, I headed out to see what I could do to help Clark. Sir, you need to hear this. This thing emerged from the Kryptonian crash site just moments ago. Thankfully, the workday is over in the downtown core. It's nearly empty. I was a few minutes away when I see a bright light in the sky. I figured out what must have happened. The military ordered an airstrike against the creature, and Clark was caught in the middle of the blast. As I flew the wing higher in the sky, I saw something crash on Stryker's Island. It was the creature. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. I didn't know what it was, although I assumed Luther had a hand in creating or awakening this thing. When it saw me, it used its heat vision to try to blow me out of the sky. If the creature had that type of power similar to Clark's, then it had to be Kryptonian. Mr. Wayne, are you receiving me? Alfred, it's Kryptonian. Only Kryptonite weapons can kill it. It might, if you have any left. I only got one round left. The spear. Alfred, the spear. It's pure Kryptonite. It's back in Gotham. If I can penetrate the skin, the spear will kill it. It would in theory. I gotta get it to chase me. Back to the city. Back to the kryptonite. 
The only way to get the creature to follow me was to attack it. So I targeted the guns at it and fired. It worked too well. The creature used its heat vision again, but hit one of the plane's wings. I tried to keep it from crashing, but it was too late. As I tried to get out the pilot seat, I heard something. Oh no. The creature was right in front of me. It was about to use its heat vision again. I braced for what was about to come, but nothing happened. I opened my eyes, and that's when I saw her. It was Diana Prince, but wearing the same battle armor that I saw her in, in that old photo. She clapped these bracelets on her wrists together, which resulted in some kind of sonic blast, which knocked the creature backward. I climbed out of the cockpit and grabbed the grenade launcher with the last kryptonite grenade when she turned her attention to me. Why did you bring him back to the city? The port is abandoned, and there's a weapon here that can kill it. Before I knew, Clark landed in front of me. Did you find the spear? I've been a little busy. This thing... This creature seems to feed on energy. This thing is from another world. My world. I've killed things from other worlds before. Is she with you? I thought she was with you. There was not much I could do, so... I waited for my chance. Both Clark and Diana never stopped hitting the creature. But with every punch, it appeared to grow stronger, proving to be a formidable force. I had to get to the spear. Clark was distracted and flew towards the building where the spear was. This distraction was all the creature needed to put its focus on me. I pulled the grappling gun from my belt and fired. The line pulled me so hard, I hit the side of a building too fast. Recovering quickly, I threw a smoke bomb to cover my escape from the creature. I hoped Clark was getting the spear. There was no way I could get to it myself. The creature turned its attention back to Diana, who tossed her to the ground. But that didn't stop her. She grabbed her sword and cut one of the creature's hands off. That only angered the creature as he fired his heat vision at Diana. I looked on in horror as a long spike started to grow out the creature's stump. Recovering, 
Diana threw some sort of rope at the creature to trap it. This was my chance. I pointed the grenade launcher and fired. The kryptonite gas definitely affected the creature, weakening it. Then, suddenly, I saw Clark fly into the creature, stabbing it with the kryptonite spear. Without warning, the monster stabbed Clark with its spike. Diane and I picked up Clark and brought him down to the ground. Lois saw Clark laying there. She took him in her arms. For the longest time, no one spoke. All I heard was Lois crying for the man that she loved. The man that saved us all. few days after the fight in Gotham, I would find myself at the funeral of a friend. The cover story was quite something. Lois had a hand in that. She had told her editor that Clark had died investigating strange activity at Gotham Harbor during the creature's rampage. Lois and Martha felt it was the right choice to bury Clark next to his father. I stood there, watching the proceedings from a distance. I made sure the funeral arrangements would be paid for. After a while, I sensed I wasn't alone. So much like Selena, and not so much. All the circuses back east, bearing an empty box. They don't know how to honor him, except as a soldier. I've failed him in life. I won't fail him in death. Help me find the others like you. Perhaps they don't want to be found. They will. And they'll fight. We have to stand together. A hundred years ago, I walked away from mankind, from the century of horrors. Man made a world where standing together is impossible. Men are still good. We fight, we hurt, we betray one another. But we can rebuild, we can do better. We will. We have to. 
The others like me, why did you say they'll have to fight? Just a feeling. The dream I had. It wasn't a dream. It was a vision of what was to come. I have to be ready for it. We need to be ready. <laughs>